bienvenidos a la Deuces Wild Daily Hustle. Soy Enrique Byrones y presidente de esa mejor cerveza. Y Dan Water son las mejores bebidas. This is the Rodney right here. Blood orange water and tequila. Beautiful combination. No abate por... No Filter Network, Will the Thrill Clark, y Miguelito San Dieguito. But, dead or alive, job or no job, here or not here, each and every single morning, we will come on and properly salute our boys. Yes, 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 yes! Woo! Ah, remember this, folks, when we are juiceful... We are useful, and when we are juiceless, we are fucking useless. A very pleasant good morning to you on the 6th day of December 2023. We got a storm coming in. It is really weird weather right now up in the greater Lake Tahoe area. It's sunny, a mix of a little bit of clouds, but it's fucking warm. And you have it really starting to pick up as far as the wind is concerned. Let me turn around and check our Doppler radar. But we got a 48 degrees outside right now. It says the high is going to be 50. And then the low of 23 winds the past hour. Hold on a second here. Well, it says it's been as high as 16 miles per hour. It seems pretty consistent. This is, are you guys digging this? Whoa, man. See, this just gives me some fucking liberty. This is what I've been looking for. I mean, I'm confined to that one area because of the mic. Now, hopefully the mic's working here. I don't know. But if I can move around like this, this is just a game changer. Maybe I'll take this thing down to the treadmill. So anyhow... The storm should be here by about one o'clock. And the only question is, is it going to be snow or is it going to be rain? I think at this point, at the lower elevations, I'm going to say 6,500 feet and lower, it will be rain. 7,000 feet and above will be snow. We are somewhere in between. So anyhow... Let's get rocking and rolling with today's daily hustle message, but not before, as you guys know this, we go over our title sponsor here today, Bet Online. The holiday season is off and running with NFL in full stride and NBA and NHL hitting mid-season form. Bet Online is your number one destination for all of your sports wagering information. With up to the minute sports news, odds, trends, predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports, and not just the big four. Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that's played, from MMA to international soccer. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use the promo code. Believe capital B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Hold tight one second here. 
because another one of our proud sponsors is Verge. That's right. Go ahead and get yourself a shot of Verge. Shake it up really good. It's got honey, lemon, ginger, cannabis. It's just a real shot of life. There's no other way to put it. Soothing on the throat. Helps me sustain focus through the course of this show and the course of the day, which ideally will be spent on the pickleball court today. So I'm going to have a this one now, probably another one, either right before pickle or maybe right in the middle of it. Cheers, everybody. So good. All right. Today's daily hustle. Defining success is a title. Buenos dias. Today is Wooden Wednesday, December 6, 2023. We have officially reached the 340th day of the year, and there are only 18 days left until Christmas. That said, we have a limited supply of effortless books. DH-222 books and footboards left in stock. They will sell out, and when they are gone, they go. See ya! Special go-hard offer for today and today only. All right, it might be there tomorrow too, but I can guarantee you it is there today. You can get all three. The effort list, the DH222, as well as the footboard for just $22 a piece. That's right. It's basically about 50% off on two of the items. And the effort list, I think, normally goes for about 28 bucks. So you still get a discount there. I cannot think of a better stocking stuffer. When it comes to the effort list, I get it. Now, you can look at it any way you want, right? The fit list, the fuck it list, whatever. Anyhow, is it appropriate for your kid? The answer to that question is, of course it is. So long as you don't mind a few profanities here and there, some great life lessons, I would probably recommend, I don't know, maybe the 12-year-old range. 12 and above, it's a must-read. And it's just because it's the experiences that... I was able to go through in my life and probably endure a lot of the things that kids will endure. So I think it's really good. I just now started and they've heard of a little bit of it before, but with my own kids, Colton and I listened to a chapter of <laughs> the effort list the other day. And it's a little, it is a little weird to have your kid in the car and listening to stories as I'm reading the audiobook. but I, it was Look, uh, life's about experiences, it's about lessons, and it's about passing those lessons on to the next generation. So, although it's not always comfortable <laughs> revealing a lot of the stuff that I reveal you know, in the book and doing so, it's say, in front of my 12-year-old, it is massively rewarding. So, I highly recommend The Effort List as well as The Daily Hustle 222. Essentially, it's a compilation of Daily Hustles over the past five years some of my favorites some really good nuggets it's a bathroom book you can put it in there and you can read one on any given day there's 220 
two of them. And then, of course, the footboard. I, when I'm recommending the footboard to friends, I got a buddy of mine. I think he's got plantar fasciitis. He doesn't even know what he has. But his fucking feet hurt when he gets up in the morning. So I'm like, look, man, the, the, the science on this is pretty simple. When you stand on the footboard, it promotes blood flow throughout the body. And especially, obviously, in your feet. Every single morning when he gets up, his feet hurt. And then within a couple hours, he's fine and he's good to go. Well, his feet hurt because there's inflammation going in his feet. And so how do we get that inflammation out of there? Get on a board. Get the blood flowing however possible. So the footboard, just a great gift, stocking stuffer, secret Santa, whatever you want. Go to ericburns.com right now. Pick one up. We don't have that many. We will sell out. Ideally, this is giving the holiday season. We're going to have to order more. That's our goal here. So I have a lot of confidence that we'll move a lot of boards. And I have a lot of confidence that's going to help a lot of people. Money back guarantee. You don't like the board. You don't think it works. You think it sucks. Whatever. Fine. Send it back. No questions asked. 100% 100% guaranteed money back. Daily Hustle quote of the day today. Try your hardest in all ways and you are a success. Do less than that and you have failed to one degree or another. Wooden. Say Wooden Wednesday. John Wooden. Daily Hustle translation. People try to Judge their success by the end result and oftentimes by whatever place they got or reward they may have received. Bad idea. The only true measure of success should be judged by the individual who happens to be the only person in the world who can honestly determine if they had their absolute best, if they tried their absolute best, I should say. If the answer is no, as it often will be, that's true. It's imperative we reassess the situation and determine a game plan going forward that will put us in the best position to give our best effort. This sort of effort is what will ultimately lead to our best performance while garnering our best result, regardless of the final placing, which almost always is 100% outside of our control. See ya, EP. P.S. Dealing with any soreness or nagging injuries, click pick below and get yourself some KT tape. That's right. Click in the upper left-hand corner here. That's right-hand corner, my left-hand corner. Yep, hit that QR code if you're watching live on No Filter Network. Live. That's right. You can watch this podcast live if you're listening to Apple, Spotify, whatever. Usually we start between 8 and 10 p.m., Sometime around there, each and every single morning, you can come on here. We have a chat to get that thing up and running and fire away. But uh, it also has a QR code, and we have a daily hustle banner. Also, by the way, look, if you're a content creator and you're looking to move your podcast, start a podcast, whatever, this is the number one destination. This is it. What else do you want? I mean, you got... Banners, QR codes. You record this live. It can be interactive. You got the knock feature. You bring people on. You got the chat feature. It's everything and more 
than any content creator could possibly dream of. Kind of like the KT tape, though. Same concept and ideas of footboard. It promotes blood flow to the area. That's what the tape does. It lifts the skin. Blood flows to the area. When the blood flows to the area, it decreases inflammation. It promotes healing, and it alleviates pain. Also, oh, join today's Daily Hustle. You guys are already here. So, On that note, let's get into today's hot topics where we start in Los Angeles. Why in L.A., you ask? Well, Dave Roberts, according to some, has potentially fucked up signing Shohei Otani. And DR, come on, man. Take it easy on the guy. He's being transparent with the media. That's it. They asked him a question. He gave them an honest answer. So we'll see if there are any repercussions. But if you don't know what I'm talking about, Shohei Otani made it very clear, at least his agent did, that if anybody speaks about Otani meeting with their team, then that team would be out of the running. So here it is. It says Dave Roberts shared one of his organization's most carefully guarded secrets on Tuesday. Speaking to reporters at baseball's winter meetings in Nashville, Roberts revealed that Dodgers met with Shohei Otani at Dodger Stadium last week. Quote, I think it went well. Within minutes, rival executives were speculating whether the Dodgers had blown their chance to sign Otani. Teams were led to believe that if they leaked information about their meetings with Otani, he would hold that against them. Roberts was the first official from any potential suitor to disobey the unofficial code of silence, which felt more like a demand from Otani's agent than Otani himself. Shortly after, when questioned about Roberts' remarks, general manager Brandon Gomes sounded as if the Dodgers had been caught sneaking classified documents into Mar-a-Lago. Quote, we're just not going to talk about it, Gomes said in his wannabe Andrew Friedman voice. Gomes's no comment intensified the perception that Roberts did something terribly wrong. But what exactly did Roberts do? He didn't leak anything. He made a statement of fact that surprised absolutely no one. The Dodgers are the richest team in baseball, and Otani is the best player. Of course, they're interested in him. That was common knowledge by last year's winter meetings. If they're interested in him, of course, they want to meet with them and him with them, if only to drive up the price for the other teams. Besides, the Dodgers aren't the only team known to have met with Otani, as there have been reports about the San Francisco Giants and Toronto Blue Jays also speaking to him in person. And let's not kid ourselves. Bitters for Otani aren't staying quiet because Otani or his agent want them to. They're staying quiet because they prefer to keep their fans in the dark to maintain the illusion they know what they're doing. Step back from the hysteria 
And this really feels like a whole lot of nothing. Whatever threats were intimidated by Otani's agent, Roberts didn't say anything that sounded like a potential deal breaker. If Otani has a negative impression of the Dodgers, sure, the revelations about their meeting could further solidify his view and serve as a potential proverbial nail in the team's coffin. But if Otani wants to sign with the Dodgers, would he really change his mind because Roberts called him clearly our top priority? It's not as if Roberts divulged details of their conversations or offered any insight into Otani's thinking. It's not as if Roberts talked about an upcoming meeting, thereby alerting the persistent Japanese news corps about his whereabouts. Seven years ago, when I visited Japan to report on him in his final season with the Nippon Ham Fighters, I spoke to his high school coach who remained a trusted confidant. At some point, I made a flippant remark about how Otani was bound to end up with the Dodgers or New York Yankees. And the coach said he didn't think so. He told me he thought Otani would sign with a team with less tradition. Three months later, Otani chose the Angels. Did his high school coach know something beforehand? Everything known about the notoriously private Otani points to him being a planner. When he was a high school senior, he wrote down his annual goals for the next 50-plus years. Whoa! Including mastering English at 19, becoming a father at 28, and pitching a no-hitter in his final major league game at 40. If Otani remained in Japan until he was 25, he could have come to the major leagues as an unrestricted free agent, which could have resulted in him signing a $200 million contract instead he moved at 23 and signed for $2.3 million. Last year, he said he did so because he thought the two extra seasons in the majors would enhance his chances of one day becoming a Hall of Famer. It won't be a surprise if Otani already knows for which team he wants to play. It would be a surprise if he didn't. Otani has always prioritized his legacy when making important decisions in the past, and he'll probably do the same here. If he thinks playing for the Dodgers can make him the Michael Jordan of baseball, he'll sign with them. If he thinks playing somewhere else can do that for him, he'll play somewhere else. He's on a road he started charting more than a decade ago. Roberts stating the obvious on a slow news day won't make him suddenly change course. Terrific article in the Los Angeles Times by Dylan Hernandez. Great job, Dylan. That's just, just, just fucking nailed it. No other way to put it. So, couple things out of this that I got. Number one, Dodger fans, chill the fuck out on Dave Roberts. He did not blow your shot of signing Otani. Not even close. Now, if Dave Roberts had gone on there and alerted the Japanese media that they were going to be meeting with Otani, to which Otani would have to deal with the bombardment of paparazzi showing up at this meeting, that would have been a major issue. If Dave Roberts had revealed everything that Otani had told him or them in that meeting with the Dodgers, that may have been an issue. But he simply said, we met with him 
and it went well. That's it. He's our top priority. That's it. If anything, all that does is drive Otani's price up because he revealed that the Dodgers' number one priority is signing Shohei. So every other team knows that they're going to have to get into a bidding war with baseball's richest team, not necessarily a fight that these other teams want to have. So the next thing that really resonates with me in all of this when it comes to Otani is the fact that he's a planner. This whole thing scripted. Shohei Otani knows exactly where he wants to fucking play. It's crazy. Now, he almost has me thinking that there is a legitimate shot. He actually does have a chance to play for the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, as wild as it sounds, Shohei picked the Angels because it wasn't this crazy market. It was in Anaheim, in Orange County, a beautiful place to live. But you got to believe that he's established himself in the OC. And they do say that it's really tough to get out from behind the orange fucking curtain, man. I mean, all of my friends that grew up in Orange County, you know where they end up? Orange County. They don't leave. If they got out of there for college, it's fine. They're right back there after. And it's tough to blame them. It is one of the most beautiful places on earth. So if Otani didn't get too wrapped up in the OC, yeah, there's a chance that he goes off and plays with a Toronto Blue Jays. How do we know that he didn't have that in mind? I mean, it's very possible. Very, 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 very possible. I doubt it. Now, there's a lot that's attractive about the Blue Jays. I mean, specifically Vlad Jr. and Bichette. And this is a team that could be on the horizon of the playoffs for you know a number of years to come with the right pieces. But you got to remember, it's really hard to sign a free agent there. Just really hard. And as much as Otani, I'm sure, cares about the money, he's going to break the bank on this one. He is going to get so much fucking money that maybe he doesn't care about giving 60% of it to Canada. Now, I'd be a crying shame just for the sake of democracy. But if he wants to go the socialist route, Hey, maybe that's the route he chooses to go. Won't make a ton of sense to me. I'd much rather, and if he wants to give the money away, great, but I'd rather give it away to charitable organizations that I support than the government. And I'm not to say the government's a bad place to put your money because there's bonds and other shit you could buy. But the thing about the government, look, I got to tell kids, it's like, look, we pay taxes for the roads. We pay taxes for the government structure. We pay taxes for living in this great nation. And that's okay. 
It's okay to pay taxes. It's also okay to want to keep your money and then decide where you want to spend it and who you want to donate it to down the road. He obviously wants to be a Hall of Famer. And that is going to take longevity. That's it. He's a Hall of Fame baseball player. He's one of the best to ever play. Where is his best chance to achieve that? I do think part of playing outside of the limelight is really important to him so he can focus on his craft. That's what matters. So, regardless, so if you're Otani, you're going to deal with the Japanese media and you're going to deal with the you know, American media, but it's just a little bit more of the same, right? You have a whole slew, and I saw it with Ichiro. Playing with Ichiro, the guy just was on an island by himself, and there were times I feel bad for him because he had to deal with this every single day. Now, no matter where Otani goes, he's going to have to deal with it. But if we look at his options right now, at least the ones that we think, and you have the Los Angeles Dodgers, you have the Toronto Blue Jays, you have, and I've got to believe this, the Seattle Mariners, the Texas Rangers. Otani's very, very familiar with Seattle, being in the AOS and playing there for all those years. He's very familiar with Ichiro, and I've got to believe that Ichiro would be making the push for him to be a Seattle Mariner. From what I understand, he really, really, really respects Ichiro. So to follow in his footsteps would just, uh, I think, be an amazing experience for him. But there's also the fact that, hey, look, I want to do my own thing. And you got to respect that. Now, Seattle, from a competitive standpoint, they're going to be there. They'll figure it out. They bombed down the stretch last year, but this could be a playoff team for a number of years to come, especially they make the investment in Otani. You put some pieces around them. I think this is it's a very realistic landing point. I've gone on record saying this, and we've even done a no-filter network reel on me saying that I think he ends up with Texas. Now, maybe that's the truth, but this is going to go back to what his high school coach said. His high school coach talked about how he wanted to go somewhere with less tradition where he could help establish a new tradition. And that was the Angels. Now, the Angels had won the World Series in 2002. But I don't know, was Otani even born by 2002? I mean, he obviously was, but that was so long ago. So that seemed like a spot that would make sense. The Rangers won the World Series last season. The question then becomes, does that help or does that hurt? It might hurt. Yet at the same time, you also have to understand it would help because it's less pressure on Otani. Because, look, they've done it. They were there. Now, the flip side is, well, hey, it's more pressure because it's a 
unsuccessful season if the Rangers don't win the World Series. But with the pieces that the Rangers have, this is the best team in the American League by far. And regardless if Otani signs with them or does not sign with them, they will be the best team going into the 2024 season in the American League. Now in the National League, the Atlanta Braves would stake that claim, which then brings up the fact and the point. Is this a team that could go after Otani? I like the fact that Otani said, shut the fuck up to everybody. Because whoever he signs with, and this could be really interesting, could be a total dark horse. Now, Dave Roberts talking about it. Look, everyone knew the Dodgers were going to be involved. I got to believe, like, why wouldn't the Yankees get involved? Why wouldn't the Boston Red Sox get involved? You could talk to me all you want about salary cap and this and that, whatever. They trade players. You move players, you figure it out, whatever. Or you just pay a fuck ton of money. It's, it's, all, it's all part of it. Your franchise value. And they've discussed this. The experts have, of course. Would increase tremendously just by signing them. So I've seen from a financial standpoint of how and why it would make sense. Now, would the return be immediate when it comes to television revenue and ticket sales and everything else? No chance. I just don't, you're not going to get the return. But if you add in the franchise value skyrocketing with signing Otani, yes, that definitely could happen. But the other thing, like, how about the fact, listen, I mean, think about that, right? He said he wants to be married by, married and kids by, by 28. Let's go, let's go back over this for a second. All of his goals. And let this be a lesson for kids out there. Mastering English at 19. Now, how's he done that? He's 0 for 1 there. Otherwise, he'd get perfect English interviews. Now, do I think he probably speaks pretty good English? Yeah. For the longest time, I would never do a interview in Spanish. I just wouldn't do it. I didn't feel comfortable enough to do it. And I didn't want to say anything that would, I would say perceive me as stupid. I just didn't want to say anything that I didn't understand that that was the, the big issue with me. So, uh, so far Otani's 0 for one on that, but I do like the fact that he's working towards it. Let's get in some more Duolingo and pretty soon he's going to be firing out English interviews. Okay. The next one was becoming a father at 28. Not sure where he is on that one. I mean, he's is he a dad? He is 28, right? I mean, I think I think he's older than that. He's 29. And pitching a no-hitter in his final major league game at 40. Okay, we know where he got that from. For love of the game. Had to have. 100% watch for love of the game and Kevin Costner for the Detroit Tigers. Go out there and throw a perfect game in his final start. So, you know, again, his goal 
is to be a Hall of Famer. And he took less money instead of waiting two more years. Just two more years. I mean, he's two years away. He could have signed for $200 million, but instead went ahead and signed at 23 instead of 25. He signed for $2.3 million. That was it? Holy shit. Wow. So, anyhow, the whole Otani sweepstakes thing I think is interesting. This is the hottest free agent we've ever had in the history of baseball. History. That's right. The number one guy, and he's going to get a record number that we have never seen before. Let's go to Bleacher Report, the BS meter on Shohei Otani and the latest MLB winter meetings, free agency, trade rumors. It has been quiet, a quiet start to the annual MLB winter meetings, but these things can turn on a dime, and the rumor mill was in full swing on Tuesday with plenty of rumblings, some surrounding some of the top available free agents and trade targets. Coffee tea is really good this morning. Shoei Otani remains the biggest storyline of the offseason. And once he makes his decision, it could have a ripple effect on the rest of the market with a wave of moves immediately following his decision. That is true. I mean, there's been two clubs that come out. The San Francisco Giants have said it, uh, as well as I think it was the Dodgers that they're going after Otani. If it doesn't work out, they're going after Yamamoto. So there's just going to be a shit ton of competition. Slugger Cody Bellinger and the Japanese league pitching star Yashinobu Yamamoto have been two of the other more talked about names to begin the winter meetings while Tampa Bay Rays ace Tyler Glass now is generating buzz on the trade market. I'd love to get Glass now. Holy shit. Wow. Glass now is one of the dirtiest pitchers I've ever seen. He's that good. So if you can land a Tyler Glass now, they're talking about the trade market. So I imagine he's got to be getting into his sixth year and then heading to free agency after this season. Juan Soto's name is the other one that keeps popping up on the trade market because he too will be a free agent after 2024. But Glass now used to spend his off seasons in New York City because he was dating a supermodel. And so much as almost this close to renting my place for the off season, but then he broke up with the supermodel or the supermodel broke up with him. I'm not exactly sure what happened, but that was the end of that. It says, ahead, we put together a roundup of the latest rumors to emerge from the winter meetings. And given our take on where they land on the BS meter, low, moderate, or high. Okay. We can play this game. The Shoyo Tani sweepstakes has been quiet by design and with Freeze and Superstar preferring to keep the rumor mill quiet regarding his future landing spot inevitably tidbits are going to leak out and the biggest takeaways on tuesday came straight from the mouth of los angeles dodgers manager dave roberts apparently he didn't get the memo 
on keeping things close to his vest. The team's interest in Otani is no secret, but openly talking about what was supposed to be an under-the-radar meeting was clearly a mistake on Robert's part. Would the biggest free agent of the generation re- of this generation recently reconsider the Dodgers as a landing spot because of the team's managers went against his wishes of not talking? Uh, this is BS meter high. There's no fucking way. Just talked about that for the first half hour of the show. It would say a lot more about Otani than it does about anyone else involved here. If he were petty enough to hold that against the Dodgers. Uh, here's a few tweets that we'll share. One from Bob Nightingale. The Chicago Cubs optimism in landing Shoei Otani has now significantly waned. One high-ranking executive said leaving the Los Angeles Dodgers, Toronto Blue Jays, Los Angeles Angels, and San Francisco Giants as the likely finalist. You think so? You think the Angels actually have a shot here? Ah, uh, doubt it. Jed Hoyer shut down rumblings that the Cubs dropped out on the Shohei Otani race. Quote, I don't know where that came from. There's no nothing to report whatsoever. Said the Cubs have not been given a status check from the Otani camp. Declined to talk about discussions or meetings. I like Jed Hoyer. Spent some time with him a few years ago. Uh, spring training with the Cubs doing something for MLB Network. Good dude. The Chicago Cubs have been something of a surprise contender on the Otani sweepstakes, given his well-documented desire to play on the West Coast. But they check a lot of boxes as a major market team with the money to assemble a title contender and another former Japanese league standout in Saya Suzuki on the roster. That makes sense. One of the biggest rumors early on Tuesday was that the Cubs were falling out of the running. But team president Jed Hoyer shot that down a few hours later. So the BS meter on that is moderate. Since there were, won't be any reports coming out of the Watani camp, Hoyer can paint the Cubs as serious consent contenders who sign him right up until he signs elsewhere if they are, in fact, falling out of the running. Not saying that's recently the case, but the secrecy of the whole situation is right for some BS. John Heyman, one of my favorites, he tweeted out, if the Cubs do fall out of the Otani sweepstakes, greater chance they continue to look closely at Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, and Reese Hawkins. Hoskins. All right, look, if you're the Cubs and you're Cody Bellinger, what are we doing here? This is a no fucking brainer. This is one of the richest teams in baseball. This is one of the hottest free agents. This is somebody who revitalized his career last year in Chicago. You now have Craig Council coming in. Not that David Ross did anything wrong there, but you get Council in there. And this Cubs team's going to be legit. Why would either one of you guys fuck this up? It's very simple. Figure out the going market rate, and Cubs, you got to offer it to them. Cody Bellinger, my dude, you were doing backflips in my pool at 11. Take some advice from me, dude. Sign back with the Cubs. Simple as that. If you got a good thing going, don't fuck with it. 
That's what my dad used to tell me. Made a lot of sense. All right. Uh, the next one here says, the Cubs need to do something to replace the numbers Cody Bellinger posted in the middle of the lineup in 2023 after he hit 307. I mean, these are huge fucking numbers. 307, 356, 525. 29 doubles, 26 homers, 97 stakes, 95 runs scored, and 20 steals. Holy shit. Huge numbers. The splashy move would be continued pursuit of Otani. If I'm the Cubs, I'm just not even fucking with it. The Cubs don't need Otani. They don't. Yo needs Otani. Seattle Mariners need Otani. Yo needs Otani. The San Francisco Giants need Otani. You know who needs Otani? The Toronto Blue Jays fucking need Otani. But I'm still not convinced that would happen. I don't think there's any chance. The Cubs, you don't need Otani. You sell out every game anyway. It's the happiest place in baseball. The Cubs need Cody Bellinger. You need to need production. Uh, you need a guy that's going to post up day in and day out. Uh, be a great upstanding member of the Chicago community. Uh, Cody Bellinger is the dude. You know what? So what if he takes some bong rips every now and then? I let Cody smoke. I'm not sure if he still does. I'm not sure if he ever did. Apparently, that was a perception. So, anyhow, uh, that just makes sense. Are you guys feeling me? Does that is is everyone on on the same page? Take a team like the Mariners and you sign Otani, and it's a fucking game changer. It's same thing with the San Francisco Giants. Even though the Giants have a more storied history, the three World Championships, all of it. You know, the Seattle Mariners never been in the fucking World Series ever, never. Is that crazy? Now they do hold the franchise record and MLB record for most wins in a season, which I think it was 116, which is crazy because it happened in 2001, the same year uh, that it was the Oakland A's. I'm trying to think, in 01, we lost to the Yankees. And then 02 is the year we ended up having the Moneyball team that won 20 consecutive. The AL West was banging at that time. Because you could consider the 116 Seattle Mariner team, 116 win Seattle Mariner team, and then the 20-game win streak team of the Oakland A's that won 100-plus games. And then you add in the fact that it was the Angels in 2002 that won the World Series. What a time it was to be in the National League West. But, again, it's a game changer if you sign Otani if you're Seattle. It's a game changer if you're San Francisco. Just because they don't have a dude. I, the Cubs, I just, I just don't know. I just think the Cubs are always going to be the Cubs and just go out there and be the Cubs. So it says the BS meter here is low. All right. It says it makes perfect sense that the Cubs would be lining up a potential plan B and plan C if they don't reel in Otani and with limited options available, the names listed here are all logical and realistic targets. Jim Bowden 
tweets out that Yoshinobu Yamamoto is the most sought-after free agent on the market based on interested teams. Hold on a second. Let me read this again. Yoshinobu Yamamoto is the most sought-after free agent on the market based on interested teams. Jim, have you not heard of Shohei fucking Otani? I think you meant sought after pitcher. His market started at 200 to $220 million, then went to 230 to 250. Now we're hearing he'll get close to $300 million. Not often a 25-year-old top of the rotation starter becomes a free agent. That's a very good point. A really good point. Because typically you don't become a free agent until six years into your big league career. So on average, a normal big leaguer will get to the show at about 23 years old. You add in six years from that, we're talking free agent at 29. So to get a free agent four years before that, and you know you're going to get his prime years, that's going to command a hefty chunk of change. So the question becomes, who's willing to pay the freight on that? The 25-year-old finished 17-6 and with a 1.16 ERA, 0.86 whip, and 176 strikeouts in 171 innings. Those are good numbers. They are. I don't give a shit about the wins and losses. The 116, the 0.86 whip means something to me. The 176 strikeouts in 171 innings seems kind of low. Is that crazy? He has a 1.72 ERA with 986 strikeouts and 967 innings over the seven seasons with the Oryx Buffaloes. He strikes out a guy per inning. But I don't know if that's a testament to the Japanese hitters who have a, a tendency to put the bat on the baseball, which they're very disciplined, good hitters, or it's a knock on Yamamoto. Now, I would never say an inning per strikeout or a strikeout per inning is bad. And if you see those numbers in the big leagues, it's fucking phenomenal, right? But is that going to translate into the big leagues the exact same way? The big leagues, there's better players. There's no other way to put it. So that does mean there's a good chance he'll be pitching to contact. Now, what's to make of it? Eh, okay, we'll figure it out. It says, even with the impressive resume, though the idea of securing a $300 million payday is tough to fathom, considering Garrett Cole, nine years, $324 million, is currently the only pitcher to ever ink a $300 million deal. Yeah. Fuck, I'd probably put this guy right on par with that. Why wouldn't you? Garrett Cole had never won a Cy Young until this past season. And so far, that signing is looking pretty good for the New York Yankees. He's been lights out. So if you have somebody who's coming in here who's younger, whose shit is just as nasty, and it really is, I think I'm doing it. 
I'd pay that freight. I see him going to a big market team, huge market team. I'm not who's going to pay that. That's a lot of risk on a pitcher. Because if that arm goes, it's just, if it, if it goes, it goes. If it's gone, it's gone, right? And then what do you got left? At least with Otani, you know you got the bat. Uh, to take that one step further, only five pitchers have secured a $200 million payday. Steven Strasburg, seven years, 245. By the way, I don't even know if we've ever addressed it on Daily Hustle. Strasburg's done. Sad. I mean, what a fucking savage that guy was. David Price, seven years, 217. Clayton Kershaw, seven years, 215. Max Scherzer, seven years, 210. Zach Greinke, six years, 206. Are the other members of the club. So the BS beater on that is moderate. I say he gets 300. Uh, it says it's easy to buy a $200 million deal, especially considering he is only 25. But is someone really going to give Yamamoto the second richest contract ever for a pitcher? Never say never, but it feels like a stretch. I don't think so. I think it happens. Really do. Okay, it says the Mariners are considering Cody Bellinger among their free agent options. Uh, this is from John Paul Morrissey. I don't, JP, why do we drop Paul? I mean, it, no, he just wants to be known as John Morrissey now. How boring is that? Roll with the JP, dude. Don't back out now. I got a good relationship with him. He did an article when I left baseball and started playing slow pitch softball. A really good one. It was with CBS Sports, I remember at the time, and it was uh, it was one that I actually kept. I might have even put it in a book. Maybe I put it in the effort list. I thought about putting the effort list. I think I took it out. Let me go back and check. Eventually, the Seattle Mariners are going to have to start adding pieces to their starting lineup. With Teoscar Hernandez departing free agency, Eugenio Suarez traded to Arizona. Jared Kelenic traded to the Atlanta Braves and Mike Ford non-tendered. There are 75 home runs and 272 RBIs to replace from an offense that had plenty of room for improvement even before that tournament. What are we trying to do if you're the Mariners? You think that's helping you sign Otani? And I don't even know if they're in the mix. I don't. But they, I, I think they'd be fucking idiotic not to be. They have a huge fan base just based upon Ichiro and what he did. So a huge fan base already in Japan. Uh, this is a guy just you talk about franchise value. What that could do for the Mariners franchise value. But you're letting all these guys go beforehand. Teoscar Hernandez, Eugenio Suarez, that guy has more homers than just about anybody over the past five years. I know that. Jared Kelenic, he just gets traded to the Braves. I, I like Kelenic. It says, Cody Bellinger is the best hitter on the free agent market, not named Shohei Otani. So he's a logical target for any team willing to spend money and looking for an impact addition in the middle of the lineup. The biggest question is where he would fit defensively. As a sizable chunk of his value is tied to his ability to play center field and first base. And the Mariners currently have Julio Rodriguez and Ty France penciled into those spots. Don't ever, look, don't ever be concerned about where you're going to put somebody defensively. Just don't do it. That's stupid. Every single weekend when I put together a team for the let them play squad, and we have 20 some kids on the roster now, right? I'm not looking at oh this guy plays here this guy plays there we need this we need that you know what i'm doing 
I'm getting the best players, top to bottom. That's it. That's how you should put together a team. And then when it comes to positions, say, especially like a first base or a center field, who gives a shit? One of them could move. You could put Bellinger in left or right, or you got a DH now. And so you could DH one of them, or you could do a little rotation. It's the shit will work itself out. So there's no need to worry about that at this point. Uh, okay. It says here, let's go over the glass now thing. Because they're talking about Giolito. It says the Cubs and the Reds are among the teams in talk with the Rays about Tyler Glass now. For teams not looking to hand out nine-figure contracts to one of the market's top free agent starters, Corbin Burns, Tyler Glass now, Dylan Cease, and Shane Bieber are the four big names reportedly available in the trade block. Glass now has dealt with injuries throughout his career, but he's unquestionably a frontline arm when healthy. He threw a career-high 120 innings, in 2023, posted a 353 ERA, 1.08 whip, whip, and a 162 to 37 strikeout to walk ratio. So, all right, let me go back to Yamamoto for a second because this is the, say, strikeout ratio that you're looking for per innings pitch. 120 innings pitch for glass now, career high. And this is in the big leagues, in a much grander league than over in Japan. He had 162 strikeouts in 120 innings. Yamamoto basically was one for one. So if he had 120 innings pitch, he had 120 strikes. Like, you see what I'm saying there? So he's obviously pitching more to contact. The split finger that he has is filthy. Absolutely filthy. But I'm guessing he also pitches more efficiently too. Just uh, kept him healthy at this point. So it says Glassdown's 30 years old. He's owed $25 million in the second season of a backloaded $30.35 million contract. And the small market raise are expected to flip him. Someone's got to go get this guy. I mean, to pay $20 bucks for Tyler Glassdown for a season, who gives a shit? I'm all in. That is incredible. And I love the Rays signing that backloaded contract. He played for the Rays last year for $5 million bucks. They're like, all right, we'll avoid arbitration. Come play with us for $5 million this year. And then we're going to trade you, and someone else could pay the freight. Well, any team in the right mind, any team that thinks they could be contenders, go out and get Tyler Glassdown now. Pun intended. Okay, uh, long exceeded my time here. I think 50-something minutes in. I think it started around 9.20 a.m. Pacific time, by the way. Uh, the wind continues to pick up outside. And, wow, really looking forward to this storm coming in. Also looking forward to going to play some pickleball. Let's take a minute to celebrate the Houston Oilers sweatshirt. This officially is the... Greatest sweatshirt that I've ever owned. It's got the pockets where you put the hands. You even come in here and you take a look. It's got the throwback emblem like inside of the pocket. And then you have the Oilers patch 1960 to 1984. That was the birth and death of the franchise. 
Usually with teams, let's say like Buffalo Bills, for example, established 1960. It doesn't have a death date on there. Good golly. And bring back the fucking Oilers, man. Uh, This is just a shame. The Houston Texans need to be the Houston Oilers. Yeah, everyone, everyone figure that shit out. I don't know how you gotta how you gotta do it, what you gotta do, whatever. But there is no business for the Texans to be the Texans. If the Texans were the Oilers this year, could be a Super Bowl team. They've been playing well. They're favorites on the road again. All right. Back at the Daily Hustle tomorrow. And potentially be on the lookout for another Deuces Wild edition. Tonight, if I could uh, land a guest, we'll go on. We'll talk about all this free agent news stuff. I did not even get into football today. I talked all football. I don't know. I think it was Monday. So decided just to kind of catch up on the free agent market today. And everyone have a fantastic day. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, do me a favor. Please leave a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Hit the five-star button if you're feeling generous. And do not forget to go to ericburns.com. ericburns.com. Pick yourself up a footboard. These are going to sell out. Pick yourself up a book. Effortless, Daily Hustle 222. We want to get all this out before Christmas. Don't be late on this. Like, bam, go do it. Do it for your buddy. Do it for your kid, do it for yourself, whatever. But we're uh we got the Amanda Panda can of worms and her staff out there in Alpine, California, ready to rock with these shipments. So we will get those out. A S A P. I know we had some shipment issues in the past, but we are locked, loaded, dialed, ready to go. Ericburns.com to pick up. All of your fresh goodies there. That's it. Everyone have a great day.